Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Starting out for our first podcast, we're going to recap the newest season of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. So this week, we started out with a returning couple to 90 Day, The Other Way, Devin and Jihoon. And Devin is 23 years old, and Jihoon is 29 years old. I was excited to have this couple back again. I, I personally, I'm a big fan of Jihoon's. I think he is... Uh, just sweet, adorable, and actually super funny. Um, I don't know. Have Have you been familiar with them before? No, I, that's what I was going to jump in and say that I don't. I didn't catch the episode the previous season when um, they were on there. So like they're a new couple to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you know from what I've seen so far that they are going to have some interesting um, dynamics. Oh yeah, Jihoon is messing up already. So we can start with. Uh, the episode starts with Devin in quarantine in South Korea. So we're brought to present day, which I think is going to be super interesting to find out how far they got in uh, taping the episodes before COVID hit. So I'll be curious about that. They start out in quarantine and then it jumps to seven months earlier. And we have Jihoon with his cute little dog and his little little knapsack thing, <laughs> going to get a haircut and, and talking about how he already feels like he has failed Devin, which he has. My, 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 my Jihoon has just failed her because he has not gotten his finances together, has not gotten an apartment for her. And then he has this barber who I really like because I learned that if you have small ears, that means that you are lazy and you're potentially stubborn which is what he was told. I mean, are your ears short? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, because that's what I learned today. Small ears, you, you're going to be a stubborn person. Um, and Jihoon admits that he's not trying hard, mm-hmm. right? He, he's not doing hard. And, and the thing I want to do is just shake him and say, Jihoon, why are you not trying harder? How can we yeah. get you motivated, right? Yeah, and I think the part that... Uh, confuses me a little bit is that he says that he's not trying he recognizes that he's not doing enough but then he like flips around and and when he talks to her says that things have changed so to speak and obviously Mm -hmm. we'll watch all this play out but I'm really curious about how much is she going to really like trust what he's saying um until obviously like she gets there when she gets back and yeah. It all plays out and, and, and she has like the proof in what she sees, you know, how he behaves differently. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, com- some of the things that um, stood out for me that I don't, I, I think it's going to, it's some signs of some trouble. So for mm-hmm. me, as a psychologist doing work with, with families and thinking about like issues around like parenting and how you navigate some of that, I think the the, the issues around like from what she said about living in different, like they're not going to be living, cohabitating together. And so like, I'm wondering like Mm -hmm. those dynamics are about him getting involved in some of the parenting stuff. Um, And then just the financial issues, like we know that that 
causes a lot of stress on relationships. And so I think that's going to be difficult for them to navigate. Yeah, you know, I, I was particularly impressed with, with Devin last season, and they gave a, a little recap of their relationship, but essentially she went to South Korea, <clears throat> excuse me, she went to South Korea, and he didn't have his act together, and she told him, look, I'm going to go back to the States, and I'm not coming back until you get things together, which could be a lesson to many of the other castmates. And this is a 23-year-old who said, look, we have children. We need to take care of things. You need to do what you need to do. <clears throat> but it already sounds like Jihoon is kind of fishy with what he's actually doing. He says he did get a job, but he doesn't know how much money he's made in mm -hmm. this job, which I don't know about you. That would be the yeah. first thing that I asked. So already I <laughs> feel like... <laughs> <laughs> there's some lying going on and then you know I don't know about for you but one thing that stood out for me is Devin was saying how she's been making the money but she wants to shift where Jihoon is making the money and she's able to stay at home and take care of the kids and for me that brought up some gender role issues and mm. wondering about any particular strains around that and also culturally what might that be like for Jihoon in South Korea, having a wife that's predominantly taking care of the finances? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. And I don't know much about sort of that culture from, from the perspective of like, what are the norms in terms of like her maybe being primarily a homemaker and, and being a mom and him, you know, working. But I think given that he's not apparently like pulling his, weight when it comes to the financial part and um I mean I think she has a lot of questions about you know his financial stability with the work and he's supposed to have two jobs but um mm -hmm. he really was getting uh he didn't want to have that conversation with her and so I oh he really did other, not that's the other piece about like relationships and uh marriages that you do ha you have to have those open conversations about finances and, and and figure out what the plan is and right now like there is no plan so I think if they don't get it together soon, they're going to be doomed. Well, yeah. And what is it that, you know, the two things that uh, happen with couples and relationships that end up becoming of concern, right? Finances and sex. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, on the last one, I don't know if you caught the comment, but I sure did, Devin, girl, uh, mentioning that she doesn't want to have another repeat of her uh, pregnancy with Jihoon. And right. so she wanted to make sure that she got an extra, extra snug. I don't know if there were that many extras, but an extra snug condom <laughs> this time to make sure that there aren't any, any yeah. accidents happening. I, I did catch the snug part. I thought that was a little bit, um, I don't know. I think it was, I thought it was inappropriate. Like that should have been kept between them. And it also, I think played into stereotypes about Asian men. If I was the guy on the other end of that, I would not have appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't throw your mess out there, Devin. That's that's not right. <laughs> yeah, no. That's something that, yeah, we, we're not having those conversations in my household. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you don't have to have those conversations in your household. We don't have that's to. No, I don't have that problem. That's what but, I heard. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking. I'm not getting <laughs> into that, but I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> Okay, I heard it here first. On to Yavin <laughs> and Brittany. <laughs> Yazan and Brit beautiful Brittany, that's what I call her. Yazan and beautiful Brittany. 
So we have Yazan starting out. He's getting ready for Brittany to, to come to Jordan. Um, he already seems stressed out about how she might be, how she might act as a woman in Jordan and what might be some cultural issues with what she's going to wear, which apparently he likes, but at the same time does not like it uh, publicly. And we see him already talking to one of his uh, family members, his brother, about her coming. And his brother is not happy. Mm. He already expresses some immediate concerns. Um, and I don't know if you caught it, but I do not remember Brittany saying that she was going to convert to become Muslim in the last episode. And yet in this episode, we have Yazan saying that, oh, yes, she does plan on converting. Mm -hmm. He's telling this to his brother and I'm worried about how that's going to play out, for sure. Yeah, I, I caught that. And um, maybe it's his expectation, given his culture, that she would convert um, mm -hmm. to his, you know, religion. And I think that that's another conversation that can be difficult in terms of, like, are you, can you be an interfaith couple um, or not? And if that's something that they agreed to as a couple, how would that impact like the family and, and their sort of perceptions of him? And I know that in the episode, mm -hmm. he, he brought up a couple of times about how, you know, his family may disown him, you know, for yeah. his, his decisions around that. And so I, I don't know how the, how the conversion part will play out. Um, I also think that again, and we talked about this before that her, her style of dress that he, likes and appreciate is also not consistent with you know the cultural norms of, of women being covered and wearing the hijab and um i think she's gonna like have a real tough time yeah doing that <laughs> yeah well she was already drinking down her sorrows as she was packing saying how she's she's stressed out about what things are going to look like and worried that it's going to be way too conservative, which, you know, Brittany, I agree. It, it is going to be a shift for you. Um, and then the other thing is she's still married and she mm -hmm. still has not had this conversation before she gets on this plane to with Yazan, knowing that his family is conservative, knowing that he's religious and, and, and coming aboard with this big secret. And apparently the family wants them to hurry up and get married once she's there. How's that going to happen? Right, because you can't get married if you're already married. <laughs> I think, you know, I think, like, her dad, he is so, like, supportive of her and really encouraging her to, like, have those tough conversations. Yeah. So I think that, you know, some. I hope some of that will, like, sink in and that she will try to at least have a conversation with Yazan about, you know, hey, this is where we are. How do we plan around mm -hmm. trying to, like, make a relationship until the divorce is official and he may or may not, you know, be okay with that. And that might be the, the end of their story in terms of trying to make a relationship work. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I, I feel is just uh, really unfair. And this just gets back to being open and honest in relationships is she's not giving him a choice again. She's not presenting him with the truth so that he can make the choice of, you know, should I even commit to have you coming out here and us getting, you know, married when he just doesn't have all the information to operate on. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I feel for Yazan in that way. Um, right. And that's part of, I think, just like with dating and relationships in general is 
there's going to be a period at the beginning, at least where you are not like you have to learn each other and and and, and understand each other and and mm-hmm. and open up about things that I think that they're moving so quickly that there isn't time to like stop to do some of the things that that they need to do to like understand like is this going to work or not? And I think that's why for some couples that they begin to to date and maybe get married early and then within you know one to two years of that relationship then it's like okay this isn't gonna work yeah um, because people feel like you've changed but i think is that you just didn't show your full self um in the, in mm-hmm. the beginning of that relationship yeah well and especially this component of when you're getting to know somebody predominantly online right we know that you tend to put forward your best self and your best face so mm-hmm. we're not even giving there's even less of an opportunity to be your, your full authentic whole self and present it to that person. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping for them. Let's, let's see what happens. Yeah. I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting waiting for us to have this page turner discussion. So. (laughs) Okay. We're going to get there folks. We're going to get there. (laughs) So I will say one last thing about Brittany. Um, She had a luggage problem. Uh, which her luggage was too heavy. I empathize with her because I have that happen to me all the time. But what I will tell you is that big old head wig stand that she had, Brittany, there are portable wig stands. I can tell you I'm not getting paid for this, but if you want to send me some wig stands, we can go ahead and have that. But there are portable wig stands that you can fold and easily pack and they can hang up and you don't have to carry the big old heads with you all the time. So just want to give a note for that. Yeah, ne- we'll throw out some names next time for our sponsors. <laughs> okay, let's get a wig line sponsor. I need to freshen up. <laughs> so now we have Ariella and Biniam, and we still have not met Biniam, which I, again, I am excited. I want to see my people ready for that. And she is having dinner with her family, getting together before she leaves for Ethiopia. And we start finding some information about Biniam. Were you surprised? I don't know if I was surprised. I think I was more surprised about her sort of views, like on the on the parents and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's How a so? shock to me in that she was going to like dictate a lot of the decisions around some of the parents and stuff. And I just don't. I don't. I don't know how you can how can how you can parent a child like specifically with when both parents are living in the home and like only one person gets to say mm-hmm. decisions around that so that was the most i think surprising part for me about um sort of her segment mm-hmm. yeah i mean it, yeah i agree it's a <clears throat> it's a fine line with the how are you gonna negotiate that decision making especially she identifies as jewish he identifies as orthodox christian and for her to say Nope, just the child's going to ra- be raised in Judaism, and that's it. Like you, I just wonder about that conversation. <clears throat> but as far as Biniam, we find out that he was married to an American citizen before mm-hmm. and has a two-and-a-half-year-old child. And apparently it was a similar story to Ariella in that they met, uh, the ex-wife got pregnant early, they got married, but then something happened that we don't know why, mm-hmm. but the ex is now in the United States with the child and he hasn't seen the child. So I'm really curious about what happened. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like she knows what happened, which I think, again, is another 
area of we should have had these conversations before we're starting to think about raising a child and, and having, having a family of, mm-hmm. you know, what's been your history. Yeah. But I, I think the other piece of that though <laughs> is like, she knows something about the history and, and maybe, maybe she knows more than like has been communicated to us watching, you know, the mm-hmm. story unfold. But I think, you know, part of like, having past relationships and, and moving forward is like not bringing that baggage into that relationship. And so I think part of it is like having a healthy balance about what you, what you talk about in terms of like, okay, obviously you need to talk about, you know, being married and having a child. Um, and what, what role are you as the new partner going to play in having some contact with this, with this other child? Uh, from our from our previous relationships, so I think those are conversations that are you know appropriate and necessary. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if this was the same for you, but with uh, Ariella's scenes this week, the thing that stood out for me with this family dinner was the comment that her father made, which was, "Couldn't you have found a nice Jewish boy from Brooklyn and not Ethiopia?" So that me that had me feeling some kind of ways. So mm-hmm. first is okay. What are you really trying to say, Dad? And what I think you're trying to say is along the line of some racial stereotypes, um, maybe some ethnic stereotypes as well. And and that didn't make me feel comfortable. And so now I'm wondering. And I don't know if Ninety Days has always done a great job of talking about racial dynamics and how interracial couples um, navigate that territory. But I think this is a ripe time that it would have been nice to see Ariella respond to that and kind of question him about what does he really mean by that and, and what are some of his expectations. Mm-hmm. I'm all, yeah, that's a good point. I, I definitely, I think for me, it was more focused on the idea that um, he's not Jewish and he's not American. And so like that was the, the bigger piece for me. She'd been married before. And mm-hmm. so I don't know like what was dad's impressions of this other guy? And I don't know if he was Jewish or not. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I guess the curiosity for me is like, was her previous husband Jewish? What was the relationship like with with her dad, uh, with him? And how does that like maybe also shape, you know, his perception, his perceptions about Biniam as well? Or is it just because he's black and you're gonna have an interracial um, child? Mm-hmm. or multiracial child, whatever um, you want, what terminology you want to use. But I think that was something that sort of, I thought about in terms of, you know, what are the dynamics going to be like, given that, mm-hmm. you know, they're different, uh, different cultures. And she has some really strong expectations or views of, about like uh, her Jewish heritage and, and how that's going to play a role in a child's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is... A- going to be the couple to watch because I don't know which direction they're going to go in and of course we still haven't met Biniam yet Mm -hmm. so I feel like that's going to be a whole big reveal that I'm looking forward to for sure yeah definitely so and then we have Submit and Jenny and again you know I, I ride for Jenny and we have Submit getting his house ready for Jenny and his brothers helping him move uh this new place is a couple of hours away from his parents, which is great. And the conversation between Samit and his brother was really interesting because you really saw Samit talking about how much he loves and cares for Jenny 
and how resentful he was towards his family for essentially forcing him to get married previously mm-hmm. and not feeling that his family is supporting him and he's showing some some anger towards them. Um, but I just really like this piece about how much he stuck up for Jenny and then just feeling sad that all he wants for his family is just to feel supported in, in being happy with her. But mm-hmm. there are just so many other concerns. Yeah. But I, 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 on one level, like I can understand like the weight of the, the cultural decisions around like arranged marriages in India. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that plays a huge role in terms of like his parents' willingness to be somewhat flexible in terms of their acceptance uh, of Jenny. Not to say that, you know, he, he um, shouldn't get some sort of support from them, but I think that that, you know, because of the significance of, of arranged marriages for them, I think that really played a huge role. And obviously like he is, um, you know, if we, if we apply like ideas about like um, identity, like his identity mm-hmm. is definitely, you know, maybe more acculturated than sort of the typical um, yeah. person there. And so he wants them to like be more accepting of like the idea like he's in love with her. So it should matter, you know, if, if she was born, if she's native to India um, or not. Um, the other piece that I thought was really interesting, though, was like the age difference, I think, plays, is also playing another huge factor and their relationship yes. and how parent, how their parents, how his parents are like accepting of her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The age difference being, uh, Summit is, I think, 30. 32. Yeah, 32. And Jenny is about 60. So mm-hmm. really twice, twice his age. But I, I mean, love is love, right? Yeah. But I think it's also like, it's, um, I'm trying to figure out what language I want to use. I think it's hard um, mm-hmm. for a parent to accept that their child is dating someone that's older than them. And so mm-hmm. from what I recall in the episode is that Jenny's older than his mom. And so I think that makes it really hard, you know, for parents to be able to accept the fact that he's dating someone that's their age. Well, here's where I'll challenge that. What I have noticed is, so the age difference between Jenny and Samit is very similar to the age difference between Kenneth and Armando. Mm-hmm. But I feel, and you know, I, I love my 90 days. So I read up on 90 days. I'm on the gossip chats. I feel that most people talk more about Jenny and Samit and that there's, you know, something more kind of gross or vile about their relationship. But then when the dynamics is shifted and we're talking about gender, it's maybe a little bit more acceptable. So I almost wonder if for his family, if it were reversed where, I mean, although he can't date a one-year-old, that's not going to happen, but like (laughs) for 30 years, but if he was significantly older, no, 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 no. (laughs) But if he were dating someone significantly younger, if, if he was 60 was, no. and he was dating a 30, uh, 30 year old woman. Exactly. Yeah. What would that look like? And would there be a, the same um, kind of feelings that his family would have about that age difference? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's a good point. And, and at least so if we think about it in the United States, I think that 
we oftentimes have the dynamics of when women date younger men, they are looked at, you know, in some sort of negative way. Whereas mm. when older men date young women, it's it's pretty acceptable most of mm. the time. Um, and so I, I, I imagine that some of those same dynamics might have played out if that was the case for them in India uh, as well. But that, that's, a, that's a definitely a good point. And obviously, again, like the gender thing, I think, crosses a lot of um, cultural um, divides when it comes to like how rigid we can be with gender norms. Yeah. 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 And then in those same scenes, we have Jenny getting ready to, to meet Samit. She, she's getting ready to go. Her daughters are drive. her daughter and uh, Christina and Christina's wife, Jen, are, are coming to get her to the airport. Jenny still has not seen these divorce papers. She just believes he loves her and he would never do this to her again. He would right. never put her through something. But what I think is interesting is, though, on the, the previous episode, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get proof of these papers. Yeah. <laughs> but it's episode two, and she hasn't gotten proof yet. So uh, maybe she's in denial. Or maybe she really does trust that, you know, he is actually in the process of, of getting, them, getting a divorce. So let me ask you, if this were one of your parental figures, and you were this, the uh, child, adult child, Mm-hmm. what would you tell your paternal figure? Like, what would you, I, I would block my mama from going. I don't know how I would do it, but I just feel like I would have to go with her. You know, I'm a nosy person by nature. My father mm-hmm. was a, a private investigator. So I would find out some information. I, I just, I, I, I don't know if I could let her go. And I don't know if that sounds bad. Yeah. So I think I would definitely have some questions about, you know, is this something that you really want to do without getting getting some proof before you make that huge decision to like fly across the country to meet someone and, and live with them forever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, I wish you luck, Jenny. So we see her get on the plane, she's off to India. So we're gonna see what ends up happening with her. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, I said my 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 two cents last time that I'm gonna be hard on Jenny the whole the whole season. So <laughs> I hope it works out, but I also think that, you know, she's in for some trouble. It's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough ride, Jenny, so buckle up. Yeah, I know. Oh, Jenny, we root for you, though. <laughs> so we have the episode wrapping up with Kenneth and Armando. And it's, it's focused on Kenneth, and it's uh, an early Thanksgiving dinner that he's having with his family before he heads off to Mexico. And he starts to share with his kids that instead of Armando being in his late 30s, which is what he told his children, Armando is actually 31. And he's about, he just bought an engagement ring for him. Mm-hmm. So I, the kids are concerned. They're concerned about um, maybe less so the age difference, but that's something that was kind of had a pause on there. They think that maybe the relationship is moving too fast and they're also really concerned about Armando's family being accepting of Kenneth when he gets there and what that might look like. Mm-hmm. The family piece, I think, is going to be interesting. But I also wonder about just from the cultural uh, perspective, at least with um, from what they talked about in the previous episode about like it not 
you know, homosexuality being not as ex accepted um, there. And so like, how is that going to work for them in terms of like mm -hmm. trying to maintain their relationship and um, just sort of going back to like the age stuff a little bit with them. I think the other like dynamic of, of this for them as a gay couple is that the kids seem to be concerned about that. But I think as for like heterosexual relationships where age is oftentimes like a huge conversation piece that for gay couples mm -hmm. is oftentimes not as much of a huge yeah. conversation piece. And so um, I, I, I think his kids may have responded much more differently than a lot of other people may have responded due to their age differences. I don't know what mm -hmm. your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I definitely think that there, the kids didn't uh, respond as shocked and kind of severely towards the age difference. I think probably more so that he kept it from them. That's the sense mm -hmm. that I got that he lied about him being older when he really wasn't. Um, and they didn't really spend that much time on it other than making the comparison of uh, his son's girlfriend is the same age as Armando <laughs> so that they're dating kind of the same age person, him and his right. child which that would feel different, I think, for me at least. Um, you know, I'm also curious about kind of when we think about outness, and I say outness in, with quotation marks, um, you know, we often talk about coming out being a continuous process that is not just something that happens once. And oftentimes that there's different scenarios in which people may not know your orientation and you're having to kind of share it. But then there's this degree of outness, too, where you might have enjoyed being able to be kind of your whole self in some settings and now being put back into a setting where you, you may not have that freedom to do that again. So like you, I wonder how that's going to wear on the relationship or if that's going to kind of cause anything to be harbored about, like, I can't be my full self mm -hmm. here in this relationship as I would if I were back home. So yeah. that is one to watch for sure. So it's, I think the next episode is going to have a lot of different um, explosions, so to speak, in terms of what happens with the number of these different relationships that we've seen so far. And we still have one couple that we, we have yet to meet. Yes, we still have one couple left. So Dr. Page, how about you let the audience know about our new segment? Sure, Dr. Turner. Well, our segment is The Page Turner. And in this segment, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to for next week. So, Dr. Turner, what are you most looking forward to for the next episode? I think I'm going to, I'm going to pick Armand and Kenneth, and mostly because I think we didn't get a lot from them this last episode. And so mm -hmm. I'm really curious about how they have conversations about how much Armando has talked with his parents about. And I think there was a piece about like he hasn't seen his parents in a long time. And so I'm like, how do you like come in to like, like reconnect with, with your family and specifically your parents. And then you're just going to drop this bomb on them about this relationship with the, with the man. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing like, what is that going to, to turn out like? And how is that going to impact um, Armando's like decisions about how he, like transitions or welcomes Kenneth um, to, to Mexico and, and to begin their life. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a good one. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to Brittany finally landing in Jordan and getting to meet Yazan. And what we see in the preview is Yazan gets upset. So I'm curious about what is he mad about? Why is he upset? Or TLC, are you trying to trick me? And really he's upset at someone else and not Brittany? Because sometimes you catch me in doing do that. that. <laughs> they do do that. So I do want to see what happens and what's their dynamic when they first see each other. Like, are, are they going to kiss? Are they allowed to kiss? I'm not really sure. So I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm definitely ready to see the beautiful Brittany land in Jordan. Yeah, I'm also I'm also wondering how much like we saw her like chug the bottle when she was about to leave. Like, did yeah. she, like smell the alcohol on her? He was like, "You're gonna get off the plane <laughs> like this, like wasted." Um, but I'm yeah. I also am interested to see sort of what what got him so upset. Like, she just landed. You should be excited. So that was mm -hmm. definitely an uh, uh, interesting transition to leave us with. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, finally, everybody's slowly getting to out of the U.S. to the countries in which their partners are in. And I think that's where everything's going to start picking up. You know, mm -hmm. right now we're in that introduction phase of, of the couples, like, you know, a little bit about the background, where they're coming from. But, you know, I just want to see them together. I want to see what is this dynamic going to look like? What can we really expect? And I think we don't know what to expect until we see them all together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Looking forward to that and looking forward to talking about it with you. Yep. Join us next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. Give us your thoughts. Was it good for you? What other shows would you like to see us recap? Be sure to like us on Facebook and also share the episode. Thanks for joining us and join us next time on Psyche Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.